For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk, we regulate our life, we conduct our life, we progress our life, we make due, due use of opportunities by faith. I believe, I trust, our confidence, our assurance in Jesus, in his written and revealed word, and not by what I see. And I must make a daily choice to regulate and conduct my life based on the written and revealed word of God. Regardless of what it looks like, I have to have faith that the word is working in me, through me, and for me. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. As we approach Thanksgiving, it's a time to see family and friends as well as indulge, indulge in foods that we enjoy, such as sweet potato pie, pound cake, turkey, ham. Some of y'all might like chitlins. I know, I know I do, so I can't say nothing about that. Mac and cheese. Also watch ball games and travel to visit families and so forth. Yet beyond the food, the family, the ball games, and the fellowship, Thanksgiving is a great time to remind us of the benefits as well as the advantages, as well as the gains and blessings, the promises uh, favor and the divine protection, divine prosperity that we have as believers. The real blessing is for those of us uh, to, to take advantage of and to operate in the promises, not just on one day, but year-round. See, Thanksgiving is a reminder that we have godly advantage and that we have godly favor and we have divine protection and divine prosperity that's not just on one day, but this is our lifestyle. How many agree that living for Jesus is your lifestyle? And it's good to be thankful for something, for living for Jesus as your lifestyle. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. Second Corinthians 1 and 20 reads as follows. Oh, excuse me, I'm in 1 Corinthians, but 2 Corinthians. Let me get it right, praise God. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. So notice this, every promise, every blessing, every divine assurance, every divine promise that God made to us is yes and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. See, changing our mindset from doing what we want to do to what God wants us to do and accepting him as Lord and Savior allows us to have access and understanding to so many blessings that we have in God's word. And this for, therefore, as we are made a decision to be born again, we enter what I call the door of salvation. For those who are on that side, that's a salvation sign on my door right here, okay? But I can't just talk about salvation. I've got to enter in through salvation. I must receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I must make a decision. I'm going to submit and, to his will and his way. So it's, it's nothing like you could talk about salvation, but until you enter in, you don't really know all the different things that come with salvation. And see, when you enter salvation, you're open up to a world of promises that God has made to his people. That's why he said all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. So when I enter in, I enter into all these promises, all the benefits of being a child of the kingdom. And, and one of the great things we have as a child of God is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, stand up now. <laughs> Holy Spirit going to lead and guide me into all truth. Because John 16 and 13 says this, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will lead and guide us in all truth. See, I can be on the Lord's side, but I, I need guidance once I get on the Lord's side. 
I need somebody to show me what to do and what not to do. And one of the things the Holy Spirit does is he leads me to the promises of God. He leads me to the promises because the promises is what I need. The promises equate his word and his way of doing things. So, for example, Holy Spirit, lead me to a promise. Now, notice he'll lead me to the promise, but he doesn't make me take the promise. I got to make a decision that I'm going to receive the promises of God. For example, the revelation, one promise I can have is the revelation of the power that's in God's word. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Well, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints of marrow and discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the word of God is living, it's active, it's fresh, it's strong, it's efficient, it's powerful, it's operative, effective, and uh, effectual, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit and joints of marrow and discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. See, the word works for us in every area of our life because it's active and effective. It works in our relationships. It works in our way of thinking. It works in our way of, of talking. It works in our decision making. It works in our spiritual development. The word works in every area of my life. So this promise is mine now. I, I've got it. it. It's a part of my life. I live this word now. Not only have I got a promise, God has made me another promise. Holy Spirit says, hey, where the promise at? Right in here. So this is what I go. Seeking him, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added to me. So I'm seeking God, and here I go. I got another promise. This promise says this. I have an opportunity to have the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So I need the mind of Christ. I need his feelings, his thinkings, his understanding. And see, this scripture reminds us how important that we have the mind, the feelings, the thinking, the understanding of Christ. See, the mind of Christ helps me to shape and develop how we should think, how we should talk and conduct our life in the nature and character of our Savior, Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. He, we think and understand, excuse me, he thinks and understands and helps us through the eyes of love, faithfulness, wisdom, grace, mercy, forgiveness, and we should do likewise. Now I have the mind of Christ. So notice I've got Hebrews 4 and 12. I've got Philippians 2 and 5. I've got what? The promises of God. It's a promise for mine. So now, no, I, I, just, I got saved, and I'm seeking God, and notice I've received another promise. So now I've got another promise. He said, continue to seek me, and I give you more promises. How many like promises of God? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the promises work. The promises work. So now I've got the promise of prosperity and success. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Notice this, this book of the law should not depart. It's not going to be ceased. It's not going to be removed from my mouth, but I'm going to meditate on it day and night. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to study it. I'm going to imagine it day and night. Then you may observe to do or work it, or produce it, and prepare and act upon it according to all that is written in it. And then I'm going to make my way prosperous, and then I'm going to have good success. See, the Lord gave us a recipe for good success. Like any good recipe, the ingredients are not only as good as our ability to mix them and follow the cooking instructions. In my opinion, Joshua 1 and 9 gives us the recipe for prosperity and good success. It's up to us to take the ingredients and follow the instructions. See, God's word should not depart or be removed from our thinking, conversations, and so forth. We need to grow and mature to the point that we find ourselves meditating about the word of God constantly, feeding our faith and starving our doubts. And then we should study, speak, imagine, and meditate on God's word day and night. His word should be in our speech and our actions. In doing this, the word promises that we'll make our way prosperous and have good success. So notice, I 
just gained another promise. I'm going to make my way prosperous and have good success. Oh, the Holy Spirit's not finished with me yet. I'm still seeking him, seeking him and here he is. He got another promise for me. Notice the promises are there to help me to be the best that God called for me to be. This promise says this, God's word is intentional and effective. Isaiah 55 verse 11, so shall my words, so shall my sayings, so shall my commandments, so shall my utterance be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It won't be empty without effect, but it shall accomplish. It's going to work on some things. It's going to produce some things. It's going to prepare some things. It's going to make some things. What I please and it shall prosper in the thing which I I said it. It's going to bring about success. Notice Isaiah 55 and 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it's going to accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Notice I've got another promise from God. And y'all notice that all the promises of God in him are yes and what? Oh, hallelujah. I got any more promises in there? I got, I got another promise. I, I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. I got more word working in me. Boy, y'all better watch out for me now because I, I used to be somebody that knew no promises. Now I got promises working for me. I got the word working for me. I got it working for my home, my marriage, my single life, wherever I am. I got the word working for me. And here, oh, another promise. I got a, a promise for a new life with new possibilities. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Notice, if anyone is in Christ or with Christ, the, uh, with the anointed one, with the Son of God, he is a new, a fresh, unused, unworn, recently made creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, the word declares that if anyone's in Christ, the anointed one, that person, including me, that includes you, it includes your neighbor next to you, he is a new creation. It's up to us to yield our mind, will, and emotions to Jesus and walk in the newness, the freshness, and the unused life in Christ. See, the Lord makes all things new. Did I say that? All things new. And see, building our confidence in Jesus and his written and revealed word gives us strength and power to let the old life go and pick up the new way of God doing things. See, his word teaches us how to adjust and adapt to a new life with new opportunities that the Lord called for us to walk as faith walkers. Hallelujah. And then I got more word. Good God Almighty. Boy, that word is working, ain't it? And see, notice what it's doing. It's changing me. See, I'm not asking to change you. I'm asking it to change me. Because if it changed me, you're going to be all right. Are y'all following me here? So I got another promise here. Another promise says this. I have how to advance. I, oh, he's going to teach me how to advance in life by having confidence in Jesus and not in what I see. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk, we regulate our life, we conduct our life, we progress our life, we make due, due use of opportunities by faith. I believe, I trust, our confidence, our assurance in Jesus in his written and revealed word and not by what I see. And I must make a daily choice to regulate and conduct my life based on the written and revealed word of God. Regardless of what it looks like, I have to have faith that the word is working in me, through me, and for me. Oh, I got more I got more word, praise God. Oh, thank God for the word. Keep See, I need the word. See, a man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the living God. I need the word. I, I can't, wait, I, is that too much word? No, it ain't too much word. I need to get, I need this word. I need to regulate my thinking, my talking, and my actions with the word of God. So the next thing I have, I got his forgiveness power. First uh, John chapter 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice if we confess, if we admit or declare, I'm guilty. I missed the mark. I violated God's law. He is faithful. He can be relied on 
and to cleanse us, to, excuse me, and just to forgive us, cleanse us. Notice we forgive us. He releases us the things we've done wrong. And to cleanse us, purify us, and purge us from all unrighteousness. See, the condition of this is that we confess that when we violate the word of God or transgress the law of God, the Lord is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, making us the righteousness of God all over again. See, God promised to release us of our mistakes, things we cannot and know that uh, know that takes us off the path of God, whether intentional or uh, unintentional. Let me say, you see, when you ask God to forgive you, he will forgive you. And that's why I, I thank God for the door of salvation because when I come here, I can confess my sins. He's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. He forgives us and not only cleanses us. Cleanses us so important because his promises and helps me to remove the contaminants left behind by my actions. And sometimes if you ain't careful, contaminants can mess your mind up if you're not careful. Like y'all follow me here. Is that it, brother? Listen, thank, oh, I got one more promise. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That word is working on me, praise God, working on me. But, you know, I got to seek it, though. I can't just wait for it to fall in my lap. I got to go after it, though. I got to make sure that whatever the word says, I got to follow it. And this, I got another promise. This promise says this. He, he has compassion for us in the midst of life challenges. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Because, because they were weary, they were weary. They grew weak, they were faint, they were tired, and they were scattered. They were thrown, they were cast away like sheep having no shepherd, no overseer. See, Jesus saw the multitude. He saw they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And the Lord, the Lord saw that the people were weak and worn out, perhaps spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. He also saw they were scattered, perhaps in the thinking, talking, and actions. See, life has a way of wearing us out if we ain't careful enough, causing us to grow weary and faint, even, even to the point that we become scattered and all over the place, but Jesus has compassion. How many know you serve a passionate, a passionate God, a compassionate God? He sends us a shepherd with his heart. A shepherd with the heart of God is going to feed us with knowledge and understanding. Hallelujah. All of the promises of God, once I entered the door of salvation, are available and I have access to them. Therefore, I've been taught the word. I've learned the word. I'm applying the word. I should operate in. I should be thankful. Thankful. Thankful for every promise that God made to me. Pastor, I didn't get a new car. Every promise God made to me. I didn't get everything I wanted. Every promise God made to me. Listen, I didn't get this, that, and the other. Every promise God made to me. I should abound in thanksgiving. Notice this. Let's go back to our text this morning. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 and verse 7. Notice what it says here. Sorry. Catch my place. I'm in the wrong chapter. Hold one moment. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. As ye therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Notice this, as you have been taught, abounding in it with what? Thanksgiving. Every promise that God made to me, I should be grateful. I should have an attitude that I'm grateful and I have a mindset that I appreciate every promise God made to me. Every promise. Because I know if he promised it, it's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. I may not look like it, but it's going to come to pass. Now, let's, let's take a closer look at this letter. See, Paul is the author of the book that's written to the church as 
Coloss. Let's go over Colossians chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brother in Christ who are in Coloss. So notice this, he wrote this to the saints. Those who are recognized for having an exceptional degree of holiness, sanctification, and virtue. And faithful brethren. Faithful brethren. See, the faithful brethren, first of all, they're brethren, but then they're faithful brethren. See, a brethren is someone who has received Jesus as Lord and Savior. See, anybody can walk through the door of salvation and be a brother, but they may not be a faithful brother. Are y'all seeing the difference there? Notice what Paul said here. He said, faithful brethren. First of all, they're brethren, they're fellow believers, a fellow Christian, but they're faithful brethren, those who are trustworthy, those who, one who can be relied on, ones who will convince that Jesus is our Lord. He, they're faithful brethren. And see, this letter to those who believe and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, fellow believers and fellow Christians. This letter is to us, those who have made a commitment to Jesus to walk by faith and not by sight. To be a disciple of Jesus or follower or a learner of Jesus. To those who have committed their life to obeying his written and revealed word. Like-minded believers. This letter is to us. Somebody say this letter is to me. Why? Because you're faithful brethren. You're faithful brethren. And I thank God for Paul distinguishing between the two. So this letter is written to Christians who consider faithful, faithful, saints can, who can be relied on to carry out the will of God. Christians who are convinced that no matter what happens in life, that Jesus is still Lord. To be deemed as someone who is faithful, we must have been through some situations where we're found that we could be relied on. So in order to be relied on, you got most of the time you'll go through a few tests. You're going to go through some tests where you are going to have the opportunity to be relied on or not relied on. Mm. See, you ain't lived long enough. And see, I've been on both sides. I can be relied on at one point in my life and another point in my life I could not be relied on. I appreciate the fact that Jesus gave me an opportunity to prove myself faithful. And he does the same thing for each and every one of us in the sanctuary. He's going to give us opportunity to be proven faithful, to be relied on, to be somebody that you can be trusted to carry out the assignment. See, be relied on even when no one is telling me what to do, such as be a, such as loving others. See, when you're faithful, a faithful brother, nobody has to tell you to love your neighbor. You just do it. You, you do it. You do it. Nobody has to tell you to forgive someone. You do it because you are faithful. You, 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 excuse me. You encourage others. You pray for others. You give somebody a pat on the back, even if nobody pats you on the back. Why? Because you are what? Faithful. You are faithful. You are an individual who is a faithful brother because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And we give, and also too, we give even when situations and circumstances are trying to persuade us not to give because we trust Jesus in our giving. We are considered faithful brethren. Faithful. I'm giving because I love Jesus, not because of my circumstance or my situation. I'm giving. I'm giving because why? I'm a faithful brother. I pray because I'm a faithful brother. I, I fast because I'm a faithful brother. I witness when nobody has designated a witness time because why? I'm a faithful brother. See, a faithful brother is going to do it if nobody else tells them to do it. They're going to do it because they love Jesus. Nobody has to tell you to, to uh, uh, do certain things because why? You're faithful. 
You can be trusted. You can be relied on. You can be an individual that they ask you to do something. They ain't got to turn around and check behind you to see if it's done or not. Because why? You are faithful, brother. You know, you don't have faithful when people got to check behind you and they find out that it's not done the way that they ask you to do it. Hmm. Look, let me how you look in here. Watch this right here. Some of you got children. You told them to go do something. And you went and checked behind them, and it wasn't done. Thank y'all for the four-way man. Don't look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. You told the child to go wash the dishes. I said, I need them dishes washed. And here it is. I, you told them at 6 o'clock p.m. And at 9 p.m., you go in the kitchen, and the dishes are not washed. I remember growing up, now don't hold, don't call, my, don't call child protective service on my mama. I remember one day, I, I, yeah, ma, I get them, I get them. I, I, get em. I messed around there, boy. I fell asleep on the bed by 10, 10, 30. And um, it wasn't pretty, I put it to you like that. But at 10, 30, I was washing dishes. <laughs> with, a, with an attitude, too. I, I, I had an attitude, but I didn't tell nobody I had an attitude. I, I had an attitude adjustment before I went to the kitchen. And so I was washing dishes. Because why? I couldn't be relied on. I couldn't be relied on. But see, when you are an individual who can be relied on, they tell you to wash dishes at 6 on 1, you're washing dishes. Because why? You know why? She couldn't say, I couldn't say nothing? Because I wanted something from her. Look how y'all looking at me here. Look how y'all looking. See, see, when you can be relied on, it's no problem in giving you what you ask for. Why? Because you can be relied on and you're going to do what's right. See, one thing about my, my, my mama knew, I'm always going to be asking for something. Because I was not working at the time. And my income for the year, my W-2 said this, 0.00. In fact, it was probably negative something by the time I finished. Because why? I'm always asking for something. But see, people that can be relied on, God don't mind blessing you. He don't mind blessing you. Therefore, I don't need nobody. Listen, I've been around long enough. I don't, I've been saved for a number of years. I pray that I'm mature enough. No, nobody can tell me I need to pray. I need to be mature enough. Nobody tell me I need to study the scriptures. Nobody need to tell me I need to treat my brothers and sisters right. Nobody need to tell me I need to give. Why? Because I'm faithful. I'm a faithful brother. And see, you should mature to the point nobody should be telling you how to do this, that, and the other. You should be faithful enough to go ahead and do it because you love Jesus. Are y'all seeing the text here? And as mentioned earlier, Paul is writing this letter to the saints in Colossus, but also faithful brothers. And I believe we have some faithful brothers here at LCC who happen to operate as intercessors, deacons, ministers, worshipers, armor bearers, servants and helps ministries, fathers, mothers, students, workers, youth, and so forth. Musicians and singers and everyone who considers themselves faithful. Faithful. We have to remember to remain as trustworthy brethren who are convinced that Jesus is Lord and Lord and Savior before any of the titles. And I believe, and they're still going to be effective on a daily basis. I want to tell you this quick story about my own personal testimony. I remember uh, before I got the title of whatever title, I, my first title I got, I was barely Brother Dobbs. But one thing about it, though, when they asked me to do something, I would do it. I used to be the usher on one Sunday. I used to be the sound person on another Sunday. I used to do whatever they asked me to do. Why? Because I was doing it because I love Jesus. Nobody had to ask me. I saw a need. Nobody was at the door. I went up there and stood. I didn't know how to usher. I didn't know how to do anything. I just did it because there was a need. No, the Bible says this. Whatever your hands find to do, are y'all following me here? And so I, I used to pray. They asked me to pray. I would go pray. When they asked me to do this, that, and the other. Nobody should have to tell you to do certain things because why? You're faithful brethren. Y'all see the text here? Oh, well, I see a need. Somebody else will get it. Oh, wrong attitude. Wrong attitude. Oh, I see a need here, there, and over there, but I'm not a faithful brother. Now, brother is not a gender thing. 
Faithful brethren means this. You're a believer in Christ. You're a believer in Jesus. You're born again. You came through the door of salvation. Hold on. And now you're walking in the promises of God to the best of your ability. And now you're faithful because why? You see a need and you're doing what needs to be done. And there's some faithful brethren in the, in the sanctuary. I, I know there are. I know there's some faithful brethren. Listen, even if I wasn't here, you would still be here. Even if I wasn't uh, asked you to give, you would still give because why? You love Jesus. Listen, if I, if I was not here praying, you would still be praying because you are faithful brethren. You are faithful believers. If somebody told you, listen, to go and witness, I, listen, there's no set witnessing day, but because you are faithful brethren, you will go out and tell people about Jesus. You will, listen, you will visit, you will do whatever it does, because why? It's a need. The Holy Spirit is leading you into all what? Truth. He's still leading you. He's leading you. Therefore, you are considered a faithful brother. If I got to tell you everything to do, and you've been saved for a number of years, something wrong with that picture. Something wrong. If, if you don't show up for church, but yet you still don't give God his tithes and offer, something wrong with that picture. I just pay, I just pay it when I get there. And when you get there, you just, you just calculate the week you just got. Y'all missed that dingy. You know how some people do? I missed two weeks, so I ain't going to pay them tithe for them two weeks right there. I'm going to wait till I'm going to pay for that tithe I came. No, that's God's money. Hold on to it if you want to. That's just you. But listen, you know today that when you mess with God's money, there's going to be a problem. It don't matter who you are. You can be Pastor Dobbs and mess with God's money, and there's going to be a problem. So you know everybody else is going to be same amount. Same way, same way. So now, Paul's writing this letter to the faithful brethren and the saints at Coloss. And so, in Paul's letter to the church in Coloss, part of his letter is concerning how their attitude should be toward Christ after we have received him as Lord and Savior. Remember, I used the door of salvation, but just metaphorically. Remember, we came through salvation, we're operating in the promises, and, and we got... All the promises of God. We got all the promises of God, which in him were yes and amen. So therefore, what should be my mindset? What should be my attitude concerning my walk with Christ? We find this over in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you, as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now, first of all, as you therefore have received Christ, as you therefore have joined yourself to Christ, I like this definition, you did not reject Christ. You didn't reject Christ. Because, see, you can get over on the Lord's side and start to reject certain parts of Scripture because they don't fit your lifestyle. You can reject giving because you want to hold on to your money and do it the way you want to do it. You can reject prayer because you don't want to spend your time praying. You can reject certain parts of scripture because you don't, it doesn't fit the way you think it ought to be done. Remember all the promises we talked about earlier? Hey, they're available to you, but you know what? And with every promise, there comes a condition. You know, you can't do stuff and there be no consequence behind That's why we obey God. That's why we repent quickly. We don't want the consequences of our sins. That's why we repent quickly. Thank God for First John 1 and 9. If we're faithful and just to, uh, if we can admit our sin, paraphrasing it, if we admit it, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. So we're not going to reject Christ. What we're going to do? We're going to conduct, walk, excuse me, walk in him. We're going to conduct our life according to his word. We're going to make due use of the opportunities that come our way. See, Paul was reminding, notice this, the faithful believers and the saints. He was reminding them in the text that to do certain things. 
First of all, he says, I want you to understand you've been connected with Christ. You've acknowledged him as Lord and Savior. You're operating his strength and his ability. And you are walking in his divine protection, prosperity, and so forth. When you do that and you submit to Jesus, you got access to the promise. Let me say this to you. One of the greatest decisions that I ever made was to join myself to Christ and stay joined. Let me add that. Let me add that. Let me add that. Accept Jesus, receive him, join to him, and stay joined. Because a lot, some people come through the door, but they don't stay joined. Oh, let me, let me, let me, got to show you this one. Got to show you this one. They get saved. They get two or three of the promises, but some pulling them. Some pull them. It pull them. It's pulling them. It's it's pulling them. It's the old no more that old lifestyle. It keep pulling them. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna stop for a moment. I'm gonna repent, but it's still. Y'all remember Lot's wife? She kept looking. Kept looking. Cause some keep pulling them. And, and, and let me say this to you: You can be in the middle of church, and some could be pulling you out of the church. Are y'all seeing this? And let me say this to you. Just because y'all look at me and y'all saying amen to me, I understand that something can still be pulling you out of the church. Something can be pulling you out of the church. You got to be careful about the devil because he'll slick on y'all. Let me say this to you. The devil would take 20 years to pull you out of the church. He'll take 20 years to pull you out because his goal is to get you separated from God. He'll, he'll, he'll take 20, yeah, 20 years. 20 years. And, he'll, and you'll be constantly looking back. You'll go forward by 10 steps and go back five. You'll go back, head 15 and step back 20. Because you're constantly looking back, pulling you back into the world to finally, it's got you in a position that it got you. It's got you. It's got you. You're no longer a part of the kingdom of God. You're no longer a part of his promises. You're no longer a part of his salvation. Are y'all seeing it? And y'all know, y'all, let me say this to you. Y'all have seen people, those who've been, listen, you live long enough, you've seen people who were on fire or looked like they was on fire in the church, but they didn't stay in the church. Isn't that sad? In the church for a number of years, been given, been working in ministry. And you look around one day and they have got pulled out. Let me say this to you. Pulling didn't start on the day they left. Pulling has been going on for a minute now. Sometimes it's months and years. It's just constantly pulling. It's constantly pulling. And the devil come to do three things. He come to steal, he come to kill, and he come to what? Destroy. And let me tell you, he don't care who you are. He don't care who you are. He'll do that for, toward anybody. Now, when I joined myself to Jesus, I made a decision not to reject Jesus or his word or his ways. And the question is, why do I not reject him? Because I know Jesus has my best interest in mind. He has my best interest in mind. He loves me. He loves me. Oh, don't Jesus love us? You know what love means? I got your best interest in mind. I got your best interest in mind. Well, I, I, I know what's best for me. No, you don't. You don't know like Jesus, no. You don't know like Jesus, no. He knows what's best for us. And, and let me clarify something real quickly. Everybody has been pulled to the point that God, that's going to be the enemy wants to pull everybody out of the church. From the pulpit down to the pew. But you know what? Someone's made up my mind. We ain't going nowhere. Listen, I, I won't leave Jesus. I would not leave my Savior. I would not leave the one who died for me back at the cross at Calvary. I would not leave the one who delivered me, protects me, prospers me. I would not leave the one who knows what's best for me. I will not leave Jesus. Will you, will you, declare, will you declare out loud, I will not leave Jesus? Say this, I will not leave Jesus. Say, I will not leave Jesus. 
That's it. I would not leave him. I'll never leave him. As I said, he won't leave me, but I know. He'll say he'll never leave me or forsake me, but I'm not going to leave Jesus neither. You got to make commitment to him, a commitment to his strength, a commitment to his power, and learn more about him. In my personal relationship with Jesus, I've learned that the more I know about him, the better I can submit to his will and his way. The more I gain knowledge and understanding about Jesus, his word and his ways, because the more I know about him, the more I enjoy submitting to him because of his love for me, his grace for me, and his mercies for me. As you therefore have received, received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Growing and maturing in the text helps me to wake up in the morning with a mindset, I'm going to walk in Christ today. At times, we have to have a conversation with ourselves. I'm going to make due use of every opportunity that he gives me to bring glory to him and to believe in him. I may come up short. I may have came up short yesterday, today, even this morning. But you know what? I am still connected. I'm still connected. Everybody say, I'm still connected. And I'm still connected to Jesus. I am still connected to Jesus. Even coming up short, even missing the mark, even violating, I'm still connected. Why? Because he's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. If we were to be disconnected every time we mess up, some of us stay a plug, unplug, plug, unplug, plug, unplug, plug, unplug, plug, unplug. But you know God's not like that. God is a God that has mercy upon our soul. I mean, let's face it, if we were, if every time we messed up and we got disconnected and God said, well, get away from me, some of us will stay back. Our head be on the yo-yo. But no, God loves us. He loves us, y'all. You know, Paul goes on to share with the faith, the saints and the faithful brethren in, in 2 and 7 details to help us continue to be steadfast and immovable. Notice Colossians 2 and 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. As we continue in his word and apply his word in our thinking, talking, and actions, his word shapes us into becoming faithful brethren. Everybody say faithful brethren. Notice uh, in Colossians 2 and 7, Paul reminds us as faithful brethren and saints to be mindful First of all, to be rooted. Rooted and built up in him. Rooted means to be thoroughly grounded and strengthened. And built means to construct, to assemble, to make strong. I like the word make stronger in him or in Jesus. If we're going to remain as faithful brethren and saints who are steadfast and immovable, we must be firm and made stronger in Christ. Scripture reference, Psalms chapter 1 and verse 3. Psalms chapter 1 and verse 3. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season, whose leaves should not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. We must be rooted and grounded in Jesus. We have to let go of things of the world and attach ourselves, truly attach ourselves to Jesus. And don't allow friends and loved ones to take us away from Jesus. We need to be expert witness to our friends and families in Christ to share with them how to accept him as Lord and Savior. He will make us and construct us to be firm in him. The second thing he talks about is to be established in the faith as you have been taught. Notice this, to be established, to make firm and sure and firm in the faith, to trust God, to believe in God's written and revealed word as you, notice this, have been taught or instructed or expounded on in the scriptures. As you've been given the instructions, make sure you are abounding or, excuse me, established in the faith. See, Paul is telling us as faithful brethren that we must be established in the faith, firm in our trust and belief in God's written and revealed word, and our faith must be strengthened. How is it strengthened? Romans 10 and 17. Romans 10 and 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Notice Romans 10 and 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our confidence must be in Jesus and the ability to perform his word in our lives. We must make sure that we understand God's character and his faithfulness regardless of what we see, hear, or experience just as we have been taught in the scriptures. Therefore, it's so important 
that you're taught the word of God. So important that you're taught the word of God. See, how are we going to be faithful? Because we're taught. We're taught. You got to learn this, y'all. I ain't gonna tell you, this ain't going to fall. This ain't going to fall. Notice what I did when I first got started. Notice how I went from one promise to another promise. How I went from one promise to another promise. But the promise just wasn't there. I had to go around the room and get it then. I had to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things should be added to you. Listen, I had to study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly divine the word of truth. Listen, I wish stuff just fell out the sky. But you know what? Many times, even if you work from home, you still got to go to work. Y'all miss that? Y'all get that? I wish work came to you, but you got to go to it wherever it is. You work from home, but you still got to go. If you work from a computer, you got to go there. That computer ain't going to turn itself on. It ain't going to start doing processing for you. You got to do something. Let me say this to you. Even more for the kingdom, you got to seek first the kingdom of God. You got to go after Jesus. You got to go after his word. You got to go after his ways. You got to seek him. You know what the blessing is? We get to seek him. He, he shows us what we must do. What a blessing that is. Man, I'm tell you something. Not everybody has the opportunity to get the word of God. You know, people come through the door of salvation, and some people never have the opportunity to receive what you get and what you walk in on a daily basis. What a blessing that is. And some of you got peace that passes all understanding. Some of you have seen God heal your body. And you've seen God, you're, you're thinking a whole lot better than what it used to be. Can you imagine what you thought when you were going through the, uh, uh, the can you imagine if the enemy would, could have had his way when we were dealing in the high, where everything was going on during the COVID pandemic? Still kind of going on now. But are you, can you imagine if you didn't have the mind of Christ going through that? You've been operating in fear doubt, unbelief, listen to the news media, you've been scared to come out your door. Understand, but Christ helped you along the way. Notice how he kept us. Remember, one of the great things I talk about is God keeping us. Thank God he keeps us. And again, I like this scripture, 1 Peter 5 and 10. 1 Peter 5 and 10, but may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, and I wish I could take that scripture out. After you have suffered a while. After you have suffered a while. Not a little bit, but a while. And some of y'all know that's a real scripture, don't you? So, thank y'all. I got four amens in here. Y'all pray for the rest of us. Suffering a while is real. But you know what it brings, though? Perfection or maturity is established you. It strengthens you. And it settles you. And that's one thing I could, you know, it's hard for me to even say it. One thing I can appreciate about suffering is it sure helped me to get settled. It sure helped me to get settled. And one thing I love, God can orchestrate you suffering in such a way. You're like, my God, would God allow this to get off me? Woo, thank you, Jesus, when it gets off of you. It's nothing like when the pressure gets off of you. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them what? Oh, you know what's great about that? When deliverance comes, when you get the pressure off of you, when you get it off of you, that's a wonderful feeling. That's a wonderful feeling. How many ever been? Oh, I remember one, one time, even this past week, I was hungry, boy. Woo, I was hungry. I went fast and neither. I can find a restaurant fast enough. I wasn't cooking nothing. I wasn't microwaving nothing. And then it's like it took them forever for the food. But boy, once I got them, that ketchup on them french fries, it was on and popping, y'all. That was what? Relief. That was what? Relief. Y'all may not have relief like that in your life, but God will allow you to go through moments of relief. Relief is wonderful, y'all. Relief is fantastic. Anyway, let me finish this up. Continue to abound in it with thanksgiving. Notice this. Our thanks, abounding means to have and to exhale, to have an overflow in what? Thanksgiving. Expression of gratitude. 
a celebration of divine favors, being grateful. Not just a small bit of being grateful, but really grateful. Really grateful. What we're grateful for? The promises. The word of God working in our life. Yeah, I might eat some mac and cheese, but I'm grateful for Jesus. I may eat some turkey or ham, but I'm more grateful for my Jesus. I'm, listen, I may drink some tea or whatever, but I'm more grateful for my Savior. I'm more grateful, and I, listen, and I should be more grateful that he allowed me to receive the food or the fellowship or watch the ball games. Whatever it is, I should be even more grateful for that. I should abound in thanksgiving. Listen, I know things don't always go your way. But remember, Romans 8, 28, all things are working together for your good. You know, sometimes you just got to survive it. You got to survive it. I wish I could tell you some real deep scripture and tell you that, listen, uh, but you know, scripture tells, tells things like this, weeping may endure for a night, but joy come up in the morning. You know, you go through stuff, y'all. Life is real. Life is real. But no matter whatever we go through, that's why I believe Paul encourages us that we must abound in our walk of faith in thanksgiving. Like we say, an attitude of gratitude. Amen. Glory be to God. I'm done. Stand to your feet. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.